Hello yeah, and welcome. <laughs> Hello and welcome to episode one two seven of reviews from the crawl space. Typey McGee over there is Vicky, and the person talking right now is Douglas. I'm just putting a reminder in for Monday. <laughs> I started this and you had no idea I was doing it. I did so. You had no idea whatsoever. I, I can see you out of my peripheral. You're just wandering, just wandering around, drunk on your own power. Oh, that's me. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I was just putting a reminder in my calendar for Monday to post the art, or to post the episode. Post this Since... episode. This one that we're working on right now? Yeah, on Saturday. Episode 127? Yeah, or... yeah. Okay. <laughs> I don't want to forget. And disappoint our I one listener. I don't think any. I don't think our one listener will be. They'll understand if they <laughs> listen to the show. They get it. They get it. Uh, follow us on Twitter at rftcs1 and on Instagram at no, there's no at though. It's just reviews from the crawl spaces one one block. Both places you can find what we're working on now. Uh, covers and links and. Things. Things and A link action. to our playlist on Spotify. Our awesome radio station style playlist we have going that you can find, as you said, on Spotify. There's a there's a link to it on... In our profile. On our profile for yes. both Instagram and Twitter. Yep, and for the... Uh, and for the podcast. Oh, no, just on Instagram. Just on Instagram, okay. I will do that other thing, Twitter, this weekend. Okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah it, it gives you... It tells you where all our shit is. Okay, so what do you have for us today? Okay, this episode mm. is all right. Yeah. No, they can't all be. They they can't all be winners. Well, I know, but we've had more winners than losers lately. So, <laughs> knock on wood. Oh, we'll see about the next one. <laughs> you I gotta mean, you gotta pay for. Oh, we we gotta pay for you've this. You've been advanced scouting. <laughs> A little bit. A tiny so bit. So you know. Yeah. Okay, the first album up is by Blue Oyster Cult. It's the first one on the show, which surprises the hell out of me. Yeah, it's a good it's one. It's called to have. Secret Treaties. Good, good starting spot for Blue Oyster for BOC. The second one is the James Gang, and again, the first one of its variety on this show mm-hmm. in this collection called Your Album. And last but not least, another Alan Parsons project called. Pyramid. We got all of them. We got all the Alan Parsons. Just about. Yep. I think we're only. I know. I know for a fact just by looking like just I remember from the covers that there's at least another one, another Alan Parsons in there. At least one more. Well, that's crazy because I'll get to this later. But this is our sixth. Yeah. Alan Parsons. Yeah. I, I think it's probably one of the highest counts of. Yeah, it, it's Stones like Rolling Stones, be close. May, maybe Beatles, but definitely Alan Parsons and definitely Pink Floyd. Like they're all kind of like in the same yeah. group. Yeah. Oh, and Ze- I also say Zeppelin too. Oh, Zeppelin's Zeppelin. kind of in the in the mix as well. But it's it's yeah. It's... But I think we're pretty much done that collection. Anyways, yes. Okay. Pretty wild. Hold on. Here we go. So Blue Oyster Cult Secret Treaties. Yeah. Uh, Blue Oyster Cult is an American rock band formed in New York in 1967. They've sold over 25 million records worldwide, uh, 7 million of those in the U.S. alone. Mm -hmm. They're still active today and include, and the the version that's still working today includes two of the original members. Oh, okay. Secret Treaties is their third studio album released in 1974. The album spent 14 weeks in the U.S. album charts, peaking at number 53. 
It was certified gold in 1992. In 19... <laughs> these, two, these two stats made me laugh. Okay. In 1975, a poll of readers of British magazine Melody Maker voted Secret Treaties the top rock album of all time. Of all time in 1975. In 1975. And it wasn't even the top rock album in 1975. No, no, so, no, definitely not. I mean, um, yeah, no. And then again, in 2010, Rhapsody, which I had to click on Rhapsody because I had never heard of it before, and it turns out it's the new version of Napster. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah I knew that one. I knew Rhapsody. It was like, it's, it's just like, yeah, okay, it's the leftover Napster. So they called it one of the all-time best proto-metal albums. Yes, I agree with that. Uh, the band did not write any of the songs on this album. And no, they were actually written by Patty. Uh, Patty Smith wrote a bunch of one. Them. Oh, I thought she wrote more than one. No, just one. Just one. Okay. And for those of you who don't know who Blue Oyster Cult is, based on this secret treaties, they're best known for "Don't Feel the Reaper," yeah. "Burning for You," and Godzilla. Godzilla. So the producer on this album, there was two of them, uh, Murray Krugman, with 85 producing credits to his name. He's been on the show before with uh, Gentle Giant's Octopus. He also produced albums for Johnny Winter, a band called Pavlov's, Pavlov's Dog, mm -hmm. and The Dictators, but he did a lot of Blue Oyster Cult. I was going to say, uh, other places you might know Blue Oyster Cult from, honestly, if you don't know their music, you've probably seen their shirts or album covers somewhere. They have a oh. lot of imagery that is, is super pop culture. Like, Yeah, even if you've never heard of the album, you've probably seen their artwork at one point or another. Yeah, definitely. It's just like, yeah, <laughs> they have fantastic artwork. Their, yeah. their logos and stuff are always the, always the best. And uh, Yeah, go ahead. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt your role. That's okay. Um, and the other producer was Sandy Perlman, 103 producing credits. Uh, he must work a lot with Marie Krugman because he worked with Clash, but he's also worked with Pavlov's, Pavlov's Dog, <laughs> The Dictators, and uh, he's done lots of BOC as well. Yeah. Sandy Perlman also gets many of the songwriting credits on this album, along with Richard Metzer. Meltzer who is a rock critic, performer, and wanker? No. Wanker. Writer. <laughs> General wanker. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know him personally, so I can't say he's a wanker. That's what we heard. A wan wanker. God, my mouth. Okay. Uh, <laughs> track listing, uh, side A, Career of Evil, which mm -hmm. was written by Patti Smith. That's the one, yeah. And it's funny because the um, Wikipedia referred to her as a future punk poet. Yeah, punk poet, yeah. <laughs> I, I kind of thought that was cool. Um, second song, Subhuman. Third song, Dominance and Submission. And last on side A is ME262. Side B, KG Cretans, Harvester of Eyes, Flaming Telepaths, and Astronomy, which you may know was covered by Metallica. Yeah, Metall Metallica definitely repopularized it <clears throat> um 38 minutes and 14 seconds is the runtime. i think it's on garage days inc people are wondering that one yeah. okay uh for context the before album was 1973's tyranny and mutation and the after album was in 1976 agents of fortune hmm. uh yeah um i hope there's more i don't think that there is but i hope there's more Mm -hmm. Really, I mean, 
it's it's funny, and I could say this really about quite a few of the albums that we listened to or whatever, you know, growing up with this in the collection. I, I remember clearly playing Career of Evil and Astronomy, but I had no idea there was, like, this really fucking good album in between the two songs. I always just skip between the two, and it's just, like, we, we've listened to it, and the more we listen to it, the more I've... I've it, I really enjoy it. It's really grown on me. This is a party album. You take this shit to a party. Yeah, we've listened to these albums a lot this week. Yeah. Particularly because they're good. Good. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, um, I enjoyed this album myself as well. Yeah, and have you really, like, were you familiar with Blue Oyster Cult at all? I mean, obviously. Just their hits? Yeah, and Fear the Reaper. Yeah. yeah. Never owned one of their albums. Okay. Uh, so just whatever's played on the radio. Oh, wow, okay. So, yeah, this is... And this is probably, I would say, they're really kind of the... I won't say the top, but they're probably the most well-rounded, most known, highest-ranking album, too. So it's a good one to pop into at the top. Um, yeah, like a career of evil, subhuman, I mean, dominance, submission, KG Cretans, uh, Flaming Telepaths, Astronomy. It, it's like, really, the more we listen to it, it's just, it's all really good whole album. Yeah, this is an album that I would mark on a play, like, mark. Oh, yeah. And just play it on its own. I have added probably four, like, the songs that I mentioned, probably four of the songs off this album are on our playlist now, yeah. which is kind of breaking our rules a little bit, because usually it's just two, but there was, it's just There's like. There's just so many good ones. Yeah. Yeah. That it's hard to choose. It couldn't be just two. And we want you to hear all the good stuff. All the good, yeah, that's right. All the good songs, we want you to have them in your ear holes. Yes. Yeah, so it's just kind of interesting. Like I said, I've never, didn't play much and didn't, wasn't familiar with this album outside of those two songs. And uh, yeah, it was yeah, quite pleasant for early metal. And that's why I agree with it. It's definitely early metal. Um, it's right in that vein. So, yeah. I have to say, more metal for the the collection. We've come across a couple of metal, what would be considered metal albums. So, always thought it was funny. My parents complained about us or me listening to metal. It's like when just just it was part of their yeah. Collection. It's just like it's but Already. you're fucking listening to it. It's in there. Yeah, yeah. It's listening to your album. So yeah. <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> yeah. So anyway, it's just kind of funny. Yeah, and, that crazy music, but and, it's your album. But it's your, yeah, and the fact that I you know listen to metals because while there was so much there was not so much of it, but there were some in there, and it was just uh, yeah, it's, it's just kind of funny. So, <clears throat> Secret Treaties by Blue Oyster Cult, Columbia Records catalog KC. Oh, I take a drink. Three two eight five eight. I'm sure you're supposed to do that right in the middle of the thing. Yeah. Canada, 1974. This is an original pressing, and I have metal. Yay! On uh, condition, the cover is good. Uh, white covers always equal. You can see more of the wear and shit, just life that is accrued upon it. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, it's it's really good. It's read the spine's readable. It's got no rips, no tears. Solid. Cool cover. You got a fantastic. Both back and front. Iconic cover, for sure. Uh, sleeve is just plain paper. Uh, the vinyl, very good. Uh, clearly, I mean, it's been well played. It definitely belongs at parties and shit. But other than that, it was still very good condition. It was clean. We had no problems listening to it, and the audio was very good. I like that that was, like, how many times is there mixes like this where they're just, like, super heavy right out of the gate? And this is not very many. This is one of those ones where they mixed it fucking right. It's supposed to be prototypical metal. Especially from that give era. It, give it heaviness. Yeah, give it some meat. And there's so many albums that just just nut it. And actually, in, in this episode, we have a we have a good comparison. So, uh, artwork and design by John Berg. Cover art and design, uh, Ron Lesser. So, John, 
of Grammy Award-winning graphic designer and art director, 664 visual credits. He's been on the show before with Gentle Giant's Octopus, which is not only a great album, but man, the cover of that still one of my favorites, The Octopus in the Jar. Uh, Janis Joplin's Greatest Hits, Bob Dylan Desire, and Aerosmith's Night in the Ruts. Uh, he won the Grammys for Chicago 10, or I like to call it Chicago X, uh, Underground, a band called Underground, Bob Dylan's Greatest Hits, and Barbara Streisand, which was just Barbara Streisand, I think. And so, um, Ron, an artist with four visual credits, first on the show, I guess, <laughs> other work, includes uh, Tommy, Tommy James and the Chantelles, um, Blue Oyster Cult box set, and the cover art for the, the soundtrack for Atomic Blonde, which came out in 2017. Oh, interesting. So he's got four credits, and those are the four covering Tommy. Like the Tommy... Tommy James and the, the Chandelles. That's like, like, like late 60s? Maybe early 70s? Yeah, maybe early 70s, yeah. And then, it's and then like, 2017. <laughs> 2017s. And really, really spreading out the workload there. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> Just dip in every decade or so and do Keep something. Keep himself in grocery money. <laughs> yeah. Just got to do that one thing. Um, and that's it for me. I'm just gonna check my notes real quick. Uh, no, I'm good. All right. So Discogs, the rating on Discogs is three point five out of five, with four people rating. Mm-hmm. Uh, resale value twenty dollars and thirty two cents, twenty nine dollars and ninety eight cents, and in its best condition thirty five dollars. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know about that, but still, yeah. it's a really good condition. Yeah, it's in not bad condition. Mm-hmm. We'd probably get somewhere between the 20 and the yeah, 29. Yeah. yeah, I agree with that. Would you give it? I give it four to five. Yeah, me too. I have four to five, maybe four and a half out of five. Yeah. Four, four to five, but it's like it's right there in the border. And because yeah. it's so good, like it's, I can't explain it to you guys. It's, it's like good, heavy, not necessarily pro, a little bit of progginess to it, but just like good early heavy stuff. Ah, I really like it. Blue Oyster Cult down. Boom. B-O-C. Okay, next up. Okay, here we go. The James Gang, your album. Your album. Uh, James Gang was an American rock band formed in Cleveland, Ohio in 1966. The band went through a variety of lineup changes until they recorded their first album as a power trio consisting of Joe Walsh, yes, the Joe Walsh, <laughs> on guitars and lead vocals, a fellow named Tom Chris on bass, and Jim Fox on drums. Your album was their debut, released in early 1969. The album contains three cover songs out of the 11 tracks, Buffalo Springsfield, Bluebird, mm-hmm. Lost Woman by the Yards, Yardbirds, and Stop by Jerry Rogovny and Mort Schumann. The album went to number ninety-three in the or eighty-three in the U.S., number seventy-nine in Canada. Yeah. A cool, cool, cool thing about this album is that in the locked groove at the end of side one of the LP version, the spoken phrase "Turn me over" <laughs> repeats in a loop, while the locked groove at the end of the second side repeats the phrase "Play me again." <laughs> Uh, both phrases spoken by Walsh. There's a producer's note in the gatefold warning, which Doug will confirm is actually there. Warning listeners not to spoil the endings to friends who have turntables with automatic returns. These messages are removed from the CD pressings, but are also included in the 8-track and cassette versions. 
Uh, no, they don't have it. We don't have the original version. It's a re reissue, so we don't have the gatefold, and I don't see that. Uh... Oh, I thought that you said it was there. I'm sorry. No, no, it's on. The, I can see, physically see it on the album. Like I can see that there's a little because we've never played it long enough to go past it. Yeah, but I can yeah. see that on the sides at the very end that there's a little spot. Yeah, just like on a CD, there's a bonus track. Oh, you can see cool. It. You can, okay, that's what I mean. You can see it on there oh, physically, okay. but it doesn't say it on. I thought the... you meant you could see it on the album cover. No, 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 on a physical. Physical track, yeah. The glue on both. Oh, gotcha. That's yeah. That's not supposed to open like that. <laughs> but the gatefold. It's, yeah, it's gatefold now. Gatefold now. And a little LOL that I kind of thought was funny was a critic from All Music, wrote that your album contained much to suggest that the James Gang, in particular its guitarist, had a great future, and that this was more of an album of performances than compositions. And he was right on both. Yeah, yeah. I both chords. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's funny. Yeah, because like you said, quite a bit. There's quite a few covers on here, but at the same time, yeah, Joe Walsh's very first thing, and you could hear is like right away. He's like, oh yeah, he's gonna be, he's gonna be the big one of the group, I think. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can say the way he's singing, guitar playing. I think he does pianos too. I'm not sure. I didn't really mm-hmm. look that that deeply. Oh, I'll take a look here. Uh, Producer. Joe Walsh, guitars, keyboards, vocals. Yeah. Okay, wow. He's a multi-instrumentalist. Mm-hmm. Producer, Bill Sismic. Uh, 389 production credits to his name. Uh, he's been on the show before with Joe Walsh's Barnstorm and The Smoker You Drink, The Player You Get. Yeah. The and, Eagles, yeah. two albums, One of These Nights and The Long Run. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, he's been, on, he's been on before. He's also uh, produced albums for B.B. King. Jay Giles and Jay Ferguson. Hmm. Uh, what's an episode without Jay Ferguson? Not the one that we've, we've uh, reviewed, though. No, no, of course, no. So the track listing, uh, side A, Take a Look mm-hmm. Around, which was written by Joe Walsh and was released as a single. Funk number 48, which was a single, uh, released as a single, and still gets a lot of airplay, apparently, on album-oriented rock stations. Definitely, yeah. It went to number 126 in the U.S., and it's the only song on the album of the four singles that were released that even charted. Hmm. Uh, Bluebird, Stephen Stills, written by Stephen, Stephen Stills. Yeah. Lost Woman uh, was written by Jeff Beck and uh, four or five others, whose names I didn't recognize. Uh, side B, Collage, I Don't Have the Time, which was another single, and the song Stop. The runtime run on this album, 49 minutes and 40 seconds. Yeah, and I will say, too, I don't know if it's on the original version of the vinyl or just on the remasters, but on this version, it, like I said, I'm not sure what came first, chicken or the egg, but this one doesn't have... It's missing four songs that the remaster had, so I don't know if those were original on there or if they chopped them out for this for this version of the album just to streamline it because yeah. the stuff that's missing is like, you know, there's like one or two throwaway songs and some like studio connective stuff that so really has nothing to do with it. I think it is because yeah. just because it's just straightforward it's so trimmed down there's no fat on there and it's just straight yeah we yeah just straight into it and it goes and it doesn't have all the little bits and pieces and in the one one song that I was like meh compared to everything else in this album that's not on here so that's why when we heard this we heard just like this lean trim mean version of fucking awesome yes trim uh, version yes totally yeah i am totally 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 in love with this album yeah it's really fucking good and what surprises me too because i actually think it has heavier sections than blue oyster cult which is considered proto metal 
But this one is more like um, I got the, the sound makes a difference too because the version of the sound we heard on this, it doesn't have like it. The album sounds good enough, but it lacks it lacks the balls. Like I was talking about in the last episode, or in the last uh, last album, the remaster of this adds the balls this this album needs. It fucking just they come out swinging, and even in Bluebird you can hear it because it's like it's almost like this sludge metal guitar riff. It just comes in and just like, and you can feel it like vibrating everything. It's fantastic. It's all it's all fuzzy and <clears throat> reverby, and it's just fantastic. I have to say too that I enjoyed this version of bluebird yes. as opposed to spring buffalo springfield the buffalo springfield version yes definitely it's just like you're like this is like proto sludge metal or doom metal early kind of just the way the way it sounds uh and they have a couple of like in, in our in our favorite kind of thing so it's not only an album heavy but it has a couple of songs that are really fucking long um you know lost woman the cover which i actually think is better than the original version that clocks in at nine minutes, and stop clocks in at twelve minutes. You know, it's like none of these. There, there's a couple of short ones, obviously, if you have twelve minutes song on vinyl. But which is the song like that has minutes, that six minutes killer bass line? Oh, that's Lost Woman. So in Lost Woman, they have this great thing where they they each get to do they do a solo. So you go through a guitar solo, a bass solo, and a drum solo. Yeah, and 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 that one that the bass player in this is just fucking. Would you say his name was? Tom Chris. Tom Chris, yeah. Oh, wow. And unfortunately, an he left player. the band after this album uh, because his, his dad had cancer. Oh, right, his dad. And uh, so he left the band, and oh my God. He, oh. Yeah, it's so good. It's unbelievable. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it, what's amazing to me, too, is uh, how little, like, I mean, like I said, I grew up with this around, but I'd never ever looked at this album like i never i mean I've, I've seen the cover and stuff but i've never ever listened to them and spun them but uh just how kind of joe see what you missed all these years yeah just yeah for sure but it's just how we've kind of discovered more of joe, joe walsh's uh a catalog through yeah. this because it's something and other than like you said other than the, musician he is other than the, the regular stuff you know from the eagles or his uh this one's funk 48 funk 49 which probably a little more probably a rocky mountain way but um <clears throat> But yeah, there's way better songs than those. <laughs> there's way better. So there's lots of good stuff from from him slash them. So yeah, and like you said, the bass playing, especially if you guys listen to it on like uh, a title or something better than I'm not sure Spotify. But yeah, honestly, when we heard that mix, we heard the proper when we were sitting here. We were both like, yeah, we both started giggling. It's just like, oh, shit, yes, <laughs> more please, <laughs> yes, just turn it up a bit louder. And yeah, it really. It, it adding that that low end really sits some balls really makes a difference in this album too. So yeah, your album. Um, for context, this oh, was their yes. debut album. Yeah, the first one. And the day. after album was 1970s James Gang Rides Again. Well, I wonder how have we not covered that? I don't know. I, it might be. I we, we might have another one in here. I think I, we, I was surprised when I went because I always the first thing there. I do is go check. Yeah. To see if there's others in the collection, just so I can talk about them. Um, I'm pretty sure there's another one of that. But did that. not see any others. Okay. Okay then. So hopefully, if if we do have more James Gang, it's when he was still in the band. Joe Walsh. I agree. Being the he. Yeah, I knew. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, um, no, I know what you. I know you. I know what you're getting at. Because it'll be well, it'll be interesting down. to see who who took his place then. Because there's only three of them, like you said. So. Who's the new Joe Walsh? 
Don't know. Okay. We'll get there. So, your album, <laughs> The James Gang, Pickwick Records, Catalog, SPC-3675, Canada, 1979. This is a reissue, like I mentioned. Because it came out in late 69, so it's like a 10-year reissue. Uh, condition, the cover is, is good. It's a bit flimsy, but ever since we've been touching it here, we've really... We've really got that glue broken apart. Now, that can be fixed. It's not ripped or anything. It just needs new glue. So we'll, we'll just leave it as good. To be fair, I understand why you wouldn't have pulled that album out to play it. It is a very boring cover. Like, yeah, it's great. It, it's it, it's brown, browns brown. and blacks with white lettering. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that doesn't speak... Well, I would, yeah, well, not only does it... like Yeah, I actually don't mind this cover because the, the original cover is even more boring. Than this actually, and uh, yeah, just looking at it, and then looking at the back at the, I would be like, I don't know any of these songs, and then I would never touch it, but which is a shame because there's lots of great songs on there. Yeah, uh, yeah. So like, that's fine. Plain paper. The vinyl's very good. Uh, the audio, I we talked about this. Is uh, to me, it was a letdown because it lacked the bass, uh, the lower end, which which this being like uh, heavy rock at the time you know this jammy proggy kind of heavy it needed it and it didn't have it right out the get-go so i mean even on this reissue now this we know is a 10-year reissue it still lacks it and it wasn't until i think the reissue that we were listening to was like 2014 or something or 2010 it's ridiculous that it took that long to get the proper mix um and then when i say when the remaster fixes this and is good so Artwork cover by Henry Epstein and artwork photography by Byron Gatto. Uh, Henry, designer, artist, 135 credits, first time on the show. Uh, other credits include John Lee Hooker, B.B. King, and The Soft Machine. Uh, Byron, artist and designer with 52 credits, first on the show as well. Uh, other credits include Ruby and the Romantics, Graffiti, and John Lee Hooker. And I've talked about... Uh, okay, so I will say that the cover is different. The original cover is the one that you see on Spotify. It's it's essentially got the four squares, and it's got an image of the band in each four, like a, mm-hmm. a mugshot or a headshot or a, a portrait, and then one of all three of them. And I, I think it's actually even weaker, and I kind of prefer this one a bit more. But I do agree with you. It doesn't stand out as anything. No. It's all very kind of monotone. Yeah. So. Given the, the amount of hypnosis covers you've got in that collection... Uh, that you would pull out and play over this. Like, oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah there's a, like, even, wow, well, like, even Blue, Blue Oyster Cult. It's like, that's a good-ass packaging. I'd be, and I am, well, I guess I used to play it. So, yeah, I agree yeah. with you. It makes a difference. It really does. Especially when you're just, like, you don't know you're young like that and you don't know any of the music. You almost, you, like you said, you need something to draw the eye. <laughs> so it's probably shiny. why I was familiar with the Journey stuff because they have such fucking cool, artful color or covers so that it's like, oh, I just play this shit, okay. <laughs> and you missed a diamond. Oh, I found it. We found it. That's true. Yeah. Very true, very true. Yeah, yeah. So what do you give it? Or wait, you wrap it up. Um, this one, anyway. Uh, Discogs. It gets 3.47 out of 5. I don't, I don't understand that low rating. I, I don't either. Yeah. 17 people. That's bullshit. Um, resale value on this, five ninety nine, $14.19, and nineteen ninety nine in its best condition. Eh, with a little bit of fix and a new sleeve, you could probably get almost top dollar for that. The vinyl's in great condition. I still want to go and listen to the... Oh, the, the very end piece. Yeah, we'll have to... 
<laughs> well, it's funny, like I said, it's because we, when we listen to it on vinyl, I'm usually like so quick with the... Yeah, yeah, as soon as the song's over, you're... Flipping you're there, it. It's you're, not even done spinning. You're there turning it over. <laughs> flipping it over. I give it five out of five and say it's a must-listen. Yeah, it's funny. I, I, I've been thinking about it. I gave it 4.5 and also a must-listen and recommendation. Um, I had started with a four, but I just got thinking about it, and we were listening to it while we were doing the research and stuff, and it's like, oh, god damn, yeah. Okay. This album makes me feel warm and fuzzy in my heart. Yes. Space. Yes, it is very good. It's one of those kinds of albums for sure, and yeah. I'm glad we've discovered it. So, All right, so James Gang, your album down. Okay, the Alan Parsons Project Pyramid. Now this okay, is... I just want to say, this is the opposite. Of, this is kind of an exception to the rule of the thing we were just talking about with the cover. I, I honestly, I do not ever remember seeing this cover in the collection. It is such a cool fucking cover, but I don't remember ever seeing it, and it never made me play this album. <laughs> but so that's like it's kind of the exception to the thing, and maybe it's just because. Like I said, I've never seen it, but it's been the cover on my phone since we've started doing the research on this episode. So, yeah. so anyway, sorry. I just like I just thought of that. It's like well, when I seen it as a adult, I'm like, holy fuck! How the fuck am I not seeing this? This is amazing. But as a kid, I don't know. She never clued in. Maybe it's just the color scheme, like the dark, the, the browns. Yeah, maybe. Anyways, anyways. But yeah, it is a cool album cover. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> That's okay. So this is the sixth Alan Parsons Project album that we have mm-hmm. uh, talked about. Eve, 1979. Uh, it's in episode 119 on Anchor. I, Robot from 1977, episode 116 on Anchor. Uh, 1980s, Turn of a Friendly Card, episode 82 mm-hmm. on Anchor. Gaudi from 1987, episode 67. Uh, Tales of Mystery and Imagination from 1976. You can find that on episode 56. Right. So... Because this is our sixth album that we've reviewed of his, I, I don't go into too much detail about who they are. Mm-hmm. So the Alan Parsons Project were a British rock band active between 75 and 1990. They consisted of Alan Parsons, an audio engineer and producer, by profession, but also a musician, composer, and composer. Mm-hmm. Um, and Eric Wolfson, his partner, a songwriter and composer and singer by profession. They released 11 studio albums during their 15-year career. Pyramid is their third album released in 1978. It's a concept album centered on the Pyramids of Giza. At the time the album was conceived, interest in Pyramid Power and Tutankhamun were widespread um, in the U.S. Pyramid was nominated for a Grammy for Best Engineered Album, Non-Classical. Yeah, he, as I was say, sorry, he really loves his, uh, and so as do I, and probably why, loves his um, concept albums, but mm, sometimes, you know, sometimes they hit the mark and sometimes they don't. So this did not chart in the U.S., nope. but it did go to number 34 in Canada. Oh, okay. Uh, two times platinum in Canada, which is 200,000 copies. Love, we love our Alan Parsons. Bold in the U.S. Oh, gold. <laughs> <laughs> gold in the U.S. Gold in the U.S. It sold 500,000 copies. And it sold 2 million copies worldwide. Wow. That's got to be one of his lowest ones. Producer is Alan Parsons with 325 producing credits. He's been on the show before with all of those albums I just mentioned. (laughs) All of them. And he also produced uh, The Hollies and Al Stewart. Okay. Track listing, side A, Voyager. What goes up? The Eagle Will Rise Again. One More River. Can't Take It With You. Which... 
I know they're talking about uh, Tutankhamun in that one. Mm -hmm. Side B, In the Lap of the Gods, Pyromania, Hypergamma Spaces, Shadow of a Lonely Man. The runtime on this album is 37 minutes and 46 seconds. For context, the before album was I, Robot in 1977. Classic. And the after album was Eve in 1979. Miss the mark. Um, yeah, for me, I'm just going to start off. For me, right away, the, the best songs on this one are come on the second, mostly on the second side, and they come in the form of the two instrumentals, which is um, Hyper whatever and... Hyper Gamma Spaces. And whatever the other one was. I'll take a look here. Did I write down? No, I just said the two instrumentals. <laughs> so the Hyper Gamma Spaces and... Um, Where's the other one? No, I remember. Oh, what... sorry, and it's weird. I, I just want to interrupt you. The reason I'm looking here is because it's like it's an instrumental, so of course it wouldn't have lyrics, so it wouldn't fucking be there. <laughs> uh, in the lap of gods, and in the lap of gods, and the hypergamma spaces. So those are the ones I like. That it's the best. And for me, it, even though it doesn't mention that any singles were released from this album, yeah, what comes up did get radio play. Yeah, for sure. There was there was more than that. Not just what the. That one and the Eagle one, I'm pretty sure I've heard on the radio before, and I'm also pretty sure I heard I've heard one of the two instrumentals as well. But for me, really outside the instrumentals, I, I kind of his songs were kind of boring and uh, a little bit cliched for the time, I guess. And maybe I mean he was just maybe he was trying to get away from iRobot, didn't want to get pegged into that certain kind of thing, and he just moved on to a different concept. I get it. That's kind of the, one of the reasons I like him, but uh, this one kind of fell flat outside of all that. Yeah, my ver my take on it is that it's typical Alan Parsons project. Yes. Without the iRobot vibe. Without yeah, without almost. I mean, I know it's about pyramids and stuff, but it really doesn't have its own vibe at all. No. You're right. It, but it's not like iRobot is definitely like, for me. Yeah, you know, like all the way it had a concept his and best a feel. Album. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. I and this guy's got some good stuff and yeah, but whole album yeah, it's probably yeah, it's probably iRobot yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's what I mean. It's it's very much Alan Parsons' project. Oh, yeah, it checks all the boxes in terms of that. but It sounds like them. It's very typical of him, of them. Yeah, the songs, some of the songs just weren't as strong this time around. Yeah. And as good kind as... Kind of like Eve. Eve I was going to say Eve. It's of... almost like it didn't have... Although he had a, a concept for it, it didn't really have a direction or a vision. Yeah, for Eve, it was the... Um, it was about women. And... It, it it started out to be a stronger concept and ended up kind of being kind of like, weak sauce. Yeah, watered down. And this kind of that's kind of what this reminds me of. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with that quite a bit for is sure. That the concept is great because yes, I remember everything being about pyramids mm -hmm. and the energy and all that kind of stuff. But it it doesn't really it really doesn't do anything. That exactly, yeah, it doesn't do anything. But in the flips, in the, you poke it with a stick. Do yeah, something. do something. Just like try and be cool, like a fucking eye robot. Um, yeah, and like I mean, you said in the fall of listened, when Project did we Eve, do that like, one? and just somewhat recently, wasn't it? Uh, I robot. We did one sixteen, so ten episodes ago. Yeah, I'm still singing the songs yeah. for God's sake. <laughs> you were earlier, yeah. It's like it's sad that you have to go sing better songs so <laughs> or a better album while you're listening to Alan Parsons. Uh, it's not one of those ones that sticks with you. No, and like I said, to me, this and Project Eve are kind of the, stuck in the same kind of area. It's just 
almost like wandering a little bit. Um, but like you said, now he won a Grammy for engineering. And uh, honestly, I'll tell you, this is where the strength of this album lies. Because this oh, thing is engineered definitely. as a fucking tits. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like... He does his job well. Yeah. It, it, the sound, I talked about, you know, it's... We talked about Elton John an episode or two ago, one of the best sounding albums. And like this too, I mean, this vinyl's this still have the sharp edges on it and everything. This one too, it's it's amazing the sound field he can create. Well, he on, also like, engineered. I was gonna say engineer, Dark Side of the Moon. Engineered too, and like that's what this album, like a lot of the albums are. Like I said the Elton John one kind of comes up in comparison, even though he didn't do that. It's the detail, like in the instruments too, and where everything's placed, and like that's all. Uh, excellent, second to none. Yeah, where the but layering sound, the layer, all that, where the sound comes from, the mix, where it's coming from, the instruments, everything is just so good. But the the songs are so weak sauce. Like you said, it's just like uh, fuck. I want more. I want better. You know, like you said, not, not necessarily I robot, but give us something. Even tales of uh, imagination, the Edgar, oh, the Edgar, Edgar Allan Poe. Oh, yeah, it's like that. Also, was really enjoyable. Yeah, so I totally agree. And I liked Gaudi. Yeah, no, I didn't. I so, thought it was like, yeah. You know, we're both fans of Alan Parsons. We but do, but yeah, it's, it's... This one is not... Uh, it probably wouldn't make the top three list for us. No, out of what we... It's probably... Just out of because we've reviewed six, this is barely just be in the top five. It's yeah. only because of Gaudi that, or even Project Eve, that it would be in the top. Yeah. So, um, yeah, uh, Pyramid, Alan Parsons Project. Uh, Arista Records, catalog AB4180, Canada 1978. This is original and this is a gatefold. It's also variation six of this run. Man, we'll get there in a sec. Well, you know, you know who did the artwork on this I one. I do. Uh, condition, the cover. Is it, honestly, I have wear in the usual places, but this is, this is I have this yeah, in it's very in good. good. Condition, yeah, yeah, yeah. Good to very good. You can tell it never got out yeah to be played i totally agree with that it's the same with the vinyl when we get to it because it has all it's brand new like like new it almost if it wasn't so old it would smell new that's how little it's been touched and it's got the sharp edges you can still cut your fingers on no problem which is incredible these things were sold to kids <laughs> they're just like there's little cuts Here, everywhere little johnny go home and cut your fingers it's a good one for uh, uh Shaun of the dead type zombie invasion this one would be going as a weapon <laughs> Um, so yeah, the vinyl, very good, like new. Oh wait, would I do the cover? Yeah, plain paper, uh, sleeve, the vinyl, like new, very good. The audio, like I, we just we just talked about it, is excellent. Like it's just, it's one of the strengths of not just Alan Parsons, but th this album. Just, when we put it on, it's like, holy shit. And then, of course, I mean, <clears throat> it just turns out to be a big fart, but. Uh, cover design. Now... You know, we've never had never had these guys on the show before. So <laughs> if it's hypnosis. We've been on here more than anybody I know. Yes. Okay, Including cover design. Cover design, <laughs> hypnosis. Yeah, probably, yeah. <laughs> Photography by Bribson, which was also part of hypnosis. So hypnosis hypnosis. Who? Who are these guys? <laughs> I don't know. I've never never been on the show before. A British art design group responsible for some of the most iconic album covers of the 70s and 80s on the show over a dozen times. Honestly, I, I'm not even count, going through and counting anymore because it's it's over a dozen. So yeah. Pink Floyd, Dark Side of the Moon, ELO, Yellow 2, and Led Zepp, Houses of the Holy, just to pull three at random. So we're, we're talking classic. I mean, honestly, I love this cover. 
Uh, Brimson, early assistant to Hypnosis, has 25 photography and design credits. On the show once before with Pink Floyd's Animals. Uh, other credits for him include Yes, Wishbone Ash, and The Cult. <clears throat> Hypnosis, I'm telling you, fucking so crazy, influential, and important is unbelievable. Uh, that's, uh, that's it, I think. No notes to read? Uh, but we've talked about it all. Okay. Yeah. So Discogs, uh, the rating on this one is 3.85 out of 5, with 251 people rating. And the fact that this gets a way better rating than the James, James Gang, Gang album yeah, just bullshit. blows me away. Yeah. Uh, more people need to listen to the James Gang. Agreed. Uh, resale value, $3, $7.35, and in its best condition, $12.95. <laughs> that shows you right there. It's not a much demand for it. If, if this is only going for 12 and it's in this condition... Yeah, and you know, I just, I just want to say one last, last thing with this too is that it would it definitely its strengths as an album for me or when it was in like electronic mode, electronic ambient or instrumental mode, that's where it shines. And I just every time you, they open their mouth to sing the lyrics or something, it was stupid. Mm. And of course, saxophone in one of the songs, but <laughs> uh, I gave it two point five. Okay, I gave it three point five. Okay, yeah, no, I, uh, I the only reason it gets a high rating that high is because the the, the sound engineering is so marvelous. It just it ups it. Yeah, it's like a really dumb, shitty movie, but with the greatest visuals and special effects ever. Yeah, I mean, definitely the first time through, I liked it better than you did. So yes, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. So best of three. Well, first of all, I'm put Alan, Alan Parsons' project down. Um, best of three. Oh, this is a real son of a bitch. I'm gonna go with James Gang. I'm with you. I assume you're gonna pick James Gang. Yeah. It's it's a one A one B with Blue Oyster Cult. Yeah. Both of these are epic albums, but we listen to the James Gang more, more off like out of the bunch. We, yeah, and I can see us listening to it more just in general. Yeah, for sure. I mean, like I said, the Blue Oyster Cult's got a bunch of songs in it, but yeah, I would revisit this album quite a bit. Yeah, it's it's definitely that one, one B Blue Oyster Cult, and then way at the bottom. Yeah, yeah, I'm the very same. <laughs> okay, very same as you. All right then. Anything else? Not that I can think of. All right. Well, thank you for uh, listening. And, you know, check us out on those things that we talked about earlier in the social medias. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Oh, thank you.